Jewess, a Jewish woman, patriot, a proud American-born woman who is honored to be a part of the greatest country in the world today. My name is Cindy Gross, and you are joining me to share insights and analysis on today's rapidly shifting world. I welcome you to the Jewess Patriot Show. Featuring exclusive interviews with today's top newsmakers and trendsetters. Remember, you don't have to be Jewish with Cindy to be a part of the show. And now, from our WGBB studios in the tri-state area, also downloaded internationally anytime, anywhere, I welcome you to the Jewess Patriot Show. Hello, and welcome to the last show of 2023 of the Jewess Patriot where you don't have to be Jewish, but to have to have a lot of common sense. I am your host, Cindy Gross. Welcome. We have a very, very important show, a very interesting show, and I hate to use the word interesting, but it is a unique show because we have two guests today that most mainstream big news outlets would never have together. And that is two congressmen who are on total opposite spectrums when it comes to voting. Somebody who the fake news media would call a progressive Democrat. Well, Congressman Adam Smith uh, is a part of the Progressive Democratic Caucus. And the other, Paul Gosar of Arizona. Congressman Dr. Gosar, uh, many mislabel him as an extremist anti-Semite. He is anything but. He is an American patriot, American first. And both of them are my friends. And both of them are great people, even if we they don't agree with each other, even if I don't agree with them all the time. But they are people that are willing to have a conversation And the common factor that they both have today in our conversations, both have been attacked. One as being too friendly to Israel and one not being friendly enough. And it's honestly, if you know all the facts, which I hope you're going to get today and what I've been sharing through my media outlets in writing and through my social media, they both speak about visiting Israel They both talk about working with various Jewish organizations, and they both talk about being attacked because of their connections to Jews. So please sit down, take notes, and follow it up, and even listen again when you stream it on one of the outlets. It's very important to share this conversation. I wish people like Fox and CNN and MSNBC would have the guts to do this on a regular basis, instead of attacking without fact. I'm also going to include two recent interviews that I did in my opening and closing on mainstream radio, all about anti-Semitism and education, because this is 
the most important issue of 2024, education. Why? Because education is the future. But there is this belief that all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the education failures just happened. And that's simply not true. And don't sit back and say, it's not about me. Because it is about you. It's about your tax dollars. It's about your communities. It's about your safety. It's about your economy. And it's about democracy and your superpower status in Western civilization. A big show, lots of information. Welcome to the end of 2023. And please keep in touch through email, social media, and reaching out by calling the studio WGBB in uh, Merrick, New York. Have a very happy and healthy new year. Bring home the hostages. Bring everybody home. Let's have peace around the world, a better economy, and let's remember America first forever. It doesn't matter what political party, we are all Americans in this together. Many software projects become successful every year, growing businesses, saving time and money, and providing freedom from stress and frustration. However, not all software projects are successful. Why? What makes software successful? Paying attention to the end-user satisfaction. With JobBase, every software project is a success because every project is built with the end-user in mind. Save time, save money, improve and grow your business. The product is amazing. When I got the finished project, I was so happy with the result. They delivered higher than my expectation. As a project manager at JobBase, we commit ourselves to ensuring that every single product we have will succeed. Visit us at www.jobbase.io. That's www.jobase.io. Or email us at sales at jobbase.io. Be the next success story. Hi there. My name is Sid Mandelbaum, and I'm the founder of Rock and Wrap It Up. We're an anti-poverty think tank that over the years have fed over 1 billion people and have also written laws so that uh, federal governments and states can uh, acquire food from uh, federal and state agencies. We would need your help for a couple of things. First, uh, we have a very robust program in schools and we teach students how to save food and then give it to people that are at risk in their communities. We also need uh, interns to help us with our advocacy work. And if you're interested in doing any kind of reaching out to governments, we could help you uh, with laws that we've written to get them passed. Thank you so much. You could reach us at one eight seven seven six nine one food or just call uh, 516-295-0670. Thank you so much. Uh, Cindy Groves, former award-winning public school teacher, whistleblower, and Jewish activist. She's a Jewish advisor to the National Diversity Coalition for Donald Trump. She's been a friend of mine for many, many years. She's going to light the uh, very honorable first night of Hanukkah coming up tonight, the candles with a guy I really like, David Friedman. Here she is back on Sitting Friends in the Morning, my friend Cindy. Cindy, good morning. How are you? 
Good morning. First of all, I want to say thank you very much. Uh, you are a hero to all of us oh. for speaking up and also for sponsoring a fantastic barbecue in Israel for our fantastic soldiers fighting not only for Israel but for democracy worldwide. Well, thank you for that. That's very, very sweet. Coming from you, that means a lot. And, yes, I love those guys. Again, Dope Hiking will join us in about three hours live from the Wailing Wall this morning with some of those soldiers as they get ready to celebrate the first night of Hanukkah in Israel. So, Cindy, you uh, you worked, of course, in the uh, public school system. You worked in, in education. You know about, uh, obviously, the DOE. You know about all these groups. And you were saying to me, you're like, Sid, why would anybody be surprised on what's going on? Rather, you should become educated on how to stop it. Tell me about that. Well, I uh, was a whistleblower, and way before this became a topic, and people are talking about the college campuses, but I'm going to share something exclusively with your audience that I have from 2006. There was a professional development that was in schools that went uh, around with the permission of the unions and the New York City Department of Education. It was a workshop entitled Gang Awareness. This particular one had about 40 staff members. I'm not going to mention the name of the person who spoke or his group, but basically he was there to talk about gang awareness and protecting students. Instead, somehow the conversation went on about the Jews of Williamsburg having all their money because they don't wear the bling. He misrepresented the group of people by their philosophies, because they go to schools that are different than public schools. He also went on to speak about local merchants in minority neighborhoods refusing to give jobs to minority children, and that it was a reference to people like then-Mayor Bloomberg, who were Jewish behind this conspiracy. So that was in 2006. There are loads of documents of this. I have loads of paperwork and witnesses and teachers that had been either terminated or harassed wow. or didn't even get jobs because they were Jewish. And this doesn't even affect Jews. It's also about racism. And more importantly, you could see the schools really are hurting the minority families with the failing grades, schools that have less than 30 percent of reading and math academics. I filed a lawsuit in 2011. It's still ongoing, and I can tell you everything that I uh, whistleblowed about actually came out to be factually correct. We have the documents to prove it. I just gave you one little snip of loads of documentation. So people from 2006 that were children in second grade and fifth grade and, and in now high school are many of the people that are marching now that can't even pronounce Palestine, don't even know what it is, never been to Israel, but they just march along because it's the trend and they can get paid $30 on Craigslist. And I know you love Donald Trump, and I can tell you I'm proud to say that Donald Trump was the first presidential candidate in 2016 to actually talk about eliminating or diminishing the power of the Department of Education and pointing out the money that is wasted. Excellent job, Cindy Groves, right there, dropping a bit of a bombshell right here on Sitting Friends in the Morning. You know, uh, going back, talking about education, going back to COVID, I was um, yelling and screaming alongside Bernard every day here. Hated uh, so many people. So many people exposed themselves as bureaucrats and phonies and creeps. And maybe the name at the very top of the list, along with the governor, Andrew Cuomo, 
was Randy Weingarten, who took a beating on this show for years and continues to. She she refused to reopen schools, knowing full well the science said kids didn't get sick, kids weren't dying. She didn't care. She refused to open the schools. She ruined thousands of our children. I mean thousands. And now, faced with another big issue, anti-Semitism in our schools, I come to find here, Cindy, that she dismisses it as if it's not a reality. What the F is wrong with Randy Weingarten? So I actually brought Randy Weingarten to my school. I actually tried to expose, and very few people picked it up because it wasn't the hot topic of the day. I had an email trail. There were about 40 to 50 paid people through the New York City Department of Education using their business email talking how white women were docile and easy. And when I actually shared it with Randy Weingarten, her answer to me was, how did I get this? <laughs> and there was no repercussions for any of the people on that list, but I actually faced retaliation. What do you mean? Well, I had I filed my lawsuit. I was harassed. I had a... A, a illegal retaliation termination hearing. Everything that I exposed in this, the witnesses, the documents are strict. You could see it all there. It's all handed out. Randy still has a load of power. And don't forget, in 2019, Randy partnered with Michelle Obama to the get out the vote with the high school students. So you know how close she is with the current administration. So We've got to work together. It's not just Jews involved in this. This is affecting every single person, which could be one of the reasons why Donald Trump is surging in the black communities where there are failing public schools like the one I taught in. Uh, give me uh, one more on the way out. I talked uh, moments ago about uh, the honor that John Katsimatidis bestows on me every year. John, Margot, Rabbi Butman get a chance to light the world's biggest menorah just outside the Plaza Hotel in New York City, that gorgeous menorah. I'll be lighting it this year on, I believe, Wednesday night, but you have a big one coming up tonight, night one of Hanukkah, alongside a guy I really like. That is uh, David Friedman. Where's that going down tonight? It's going down in the five towns, and I know David Friedman way longer than President Donald Trump. I grew up with him. I knew his parents very well, so it's a, quite an honor. And I'm also going to be honoring uh, uh, lighting the candles with the rabbi who actually officiated at the embassy opening in 2018. Wow. So uh, I hope you could come. If you can make it, we'd love to have you, Sid. Well, Chag Sameach, happy holidays, happy Hanukkah. Great job, Cindy, on the show this morning. Uh, for years I've known you. You're a great, great voice for the Jewish community and really just parents overall and, and our kids. So thank you for hopping on this morning, Cindy. Great job. We'll talk again very soon. Thank you very much, and happy Hanukkah. There she is, Cindy Groves, right here on Sid and Friends in the Morning. Hi, this is Allie Arts. I own Ambiance Salon in Hewlett. Self-care doesn't end with a cancer diagnosis. Once a month, Ambiance Salon opens its doors and offers absolutely free salon, spa, and wellness services to anyone currently in treatment. Our program creates a safe environment for our guests to feel comfortable, give space for them to relax, and leave them feeling a little lighter. It is by far my favorite day in the salon. Guests receive haircuts, color, scalp treatments, massage, facials, nail treatments, Reiki, and makeup. We also are able to offer complimentary wigs for because of a generous donation from Rocket and Wrap It Up. 
If you or someone you know is in treatment and would like to participate, all that is needed is a signed waiver from your doctor. It can be found at mondaysatracine.org. We are currently the only salon in Nassau County to provide this service. Are you looking for the perfect gift or simply want to treat yourself? Check out sophiecruzatelier.com. We carry a chic, highly curated selection of jewelry, bags, accessories, and clothing that will elevate your style. Order now on sophiecruzatelier.com and have your Sophie goodies in days. Welcome back. I am so excited to have our next guest, a friend of mine and a friend to our audience. He's been here before. And uh, Congressman, I always call him Dr. Paul Gosar because I was always taught to teach, yeah, say doctor first. But he is a man of many hats and many talents and many accomplishments. And one of his biggest accomplishments is that he has been a consistent friend for Israel. First, in his own state of Arizona, he was one of the first people to stand up for the Holocaust memorials in his state and to fight BDS, which is something we really are going to talk about a little bit today, because with everything going on, we don't hear that. But yet behind the scenes, there's probably a lot of action going on with it. And of course, what's going on around the world with anti-Semitism and uh, what's going on in our own country and 2024. So thank you so much, Congressman, for joining us, for being a friend and for being a staunch supporter of American Jews, your constituents, Israel, and of course, fighting anti-Semitism worldwide. Well, I got to say thank you very much, Cindy. It's a wonderful time to be with you. So thanks for all that you do as well. Well, we've got to do this together. There's no I mm-hmm. in team. And right now it seems that our team, some of the uh, the players are not playing nicely and we've got to fix it. And it's people like you who take a stand in what we believe in. Uh, the best example, of course, was the vote standing up and together with Congressman Ted Cruz, even though it didn't work out in our way. You, I still believe you believe that we were right in a lot of things we say. And we've got, you know, a lot of people have to question 2020 with everything that's going on today. I mean, it's hard to believe. And I don't want to go into election frauds or anything like that, but we've got to fix our system so that no one questions it from either side, because what happened to us will happen to the other side one day. Absolutely. And so one of the biggest things that I have been is trying to get released the J six tapes for America to to look at them to, for America to investigate, because you can tell somebody something, but if they, if they don't believe it, they'll never listen to you fully. They'll tune you out. But America has got to be in power. We have to ask the question, are you sure that uh, the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, we're not involved in this. Now we know otherwise, and we can turn America loose on that. Number two is, is that when something smells wrong, it's got to be wrong. And you, I don't, you know, one of the great Winston Churchill made the comment, you can always count on Americans to do the right thing when they've exhausted everything else. I don't want to be like that because we're pushing the tinderbox of ever getting this country back and being the light on the hillside like Ronald Reagan denoted earlier. Well, Talking about fighting for the right side, right now, fighting anti-Semitism is really fighting uh, democracy around the world and Western civilization. Israel is just the target because of where it's located and because Mm -hmm. of the history of Jewish anti-Semitism. 
and we and being such a small minority compared to growing other groups that were, didn't have the uh, growth that they've had in, in the past 20, 30 years. And you are a very vocal voice about what is going on. Share with us some of your thoughts and what you see happening and what kind of imminent future, for example, in 2024, do you see going on? Well, you know, I am, am abhorred in regards to what I've seen from our, our, our students in our higher educational learning systems. I mean, this is such an atrocity. You know, we first start, first started off with Black Lives Matter. Well, and then you had Antifa. And now it's matriculated into this dangerous aspect of anti-Semitism. It's a hate. And it's a guttural hate that is not good for anybody. And you look at what Israel has done for the world. This part, this little tiny, little tiny place in the middle of the world has been a blessing on so many fronts, whether it be medicines, whether it be new technology and desalinization. It's amazing what they've given. And when you see what Donald Trump worked with, with the uh, Abraham Accords, looking at the business aspect, benefiting people all the way around, what a magical time that is. And to see us progress to uh, where we have uh, members of Congress saying, you know, from Jordan to the sea, you know, uh, we're making, taking away the whole livelihood and the existence of the Jewish people. How wrong is that? You know, I was instrumental in, in, uh, uh Ms. Tlaib was going to come out to Arizona State and speak. And we could quickly got the kibosh on that one. Uh, and then, you know, the going back even to, you know, the boycott movement. How, how horrible is that? Taking out on somebody that is, is, has been peaceful for everything. It, you know, they didn't initiate, Israel didn't initiate the tax in, in October. It was the Hamas who did. And they were defending themselves. And so I just I find this in a very strange place in the world today. I can only pray that it's always darkest before the light. Well, we have a saying that before our Mashiach, our Messiah will come, there's going to be a lot of destruction. And right now we see that. But, you know, you brought up a couple of things. First of all, about education. Mm-hmm. This is nothing new. This no. has been going on, whether or not it was called Common Core and the textbook curriculum, whether or not, I hate to say it, but it was because it was through the Bush administration. But now we figured out a lot of things going on in the Bush Bush family and ties. Yeah, don't no child left. Be, yeah, don't no child left behind. This is a very carefully planned, calculated global yeah. uh, education idea that was passed through teachers' unions, through textbooks and guidance with that, and also through you know, outside influences within families like churches and, and um places that are government funded, like libraries and stuff, the kinds of books they choose, the kind of programs mm-hmm. they have. This is very carefully planned. But I would really like to see, because I tell people, it's not social media posts or rallies that make a difference. It's who you vote in and what, how they legislate. I mean, you had this great hearing with Lee Stefanik attacking, not attacking, but questioning clearly mm-hmm. and getting frustrated and angry because she couldn't get the answer of a yes or no. I would love to see the same thing happen with people like Randy Weingarten and the head of the National Education Association, because these people are doing the same thing with lower levels with taxpayer dollars. Oh, absolutely. And it's, and I think Elise is going to go there. She's going to bring in a bunch more presidents of universities. But we could actually, if we, if we did, took a time out and we saw what she did with the questions she asked, 
And then to yesterday, where we started seeing the president of Penn trying to apologize. You saw the president of Harvard tried to apologize. They got caught. And, you know, there should be a lot of mass firings, as far as I'm concerned, because if we're going to condone that in a congressional hearing, the, the way they uh, are obstructive to the lease, then they should find out that the consequences for their actions have to be detailed. Yeah, it, it is absolutely sick what they did. Absolutely sick. So it's no secret that both you and I support 45, hopefully 47. And he was the first presidential candidate in 2016 to make the announcement that when elected, he was going to either diminish or eliminate totally the Department of Education. And he proved it through the waste of dollars. And he actually had people at that time like Kimberly Klasik and a whole bunch of people talking about the failures of public schools in Democratic-run mm-hmm. cities. Unfortunately, he did not have a lot of support from his own inner circle at that point. But I think when he comes back, that's going to be a very big priority. What are your thoughts on that? It is. And I think 45 was asked a question by my dear friend from New York, he said, listen, 45, what's going to be the difference between your first term and this new term? And the, the past president said, personnel, 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 13 times. He's right because we, we were leaning on the establishment. I'm a Freedom Caucus guy. I'm a free thinker. I'm a pusher. I get a lot of stuff done. And what we don't need is the establishment. This is the way we do things. Uh, why? That should be the first thing. At, if, if, if somebody comes up to you and says, this is the way we're going to do things, the first thing out of our mouth should be why. When I first came into Congress, when I was uh, coming from dentistry, I thought I was the only person that did that. And so uh, what I thought was magical is when we first were held together, John Boehner got up there and said, this is how we're going to do stuff. Everybody said, there were about 13 other hands that went up and said, why? We can't do the same thing and expect a different result anymore. We have to think. We're provocative. We have to challenge the the aristocracy and the establishment on behalf of the American people. And we have to answer and engage and grow get that uh, that harmony with the American people saying, listen, this is what I've been promised. I've never been given it. Here's what we, I, you should expect. Always ask a question, empower the American public instead of making them victims. We've got enough victims in the world. We need people now standing up on behalf of their beliefs. Where do you see, I mean, Arizona is a border state, so obviously Mm -hmm. the southern border is a huge issue. Tell us what's going to be because we don't even know, and and now it's coming out that it could be people from ISIS and Hamas coming in through countries that, you know, aren't even tied to El Salvador and Guatemala. We have all these people coming in. What's going to be? going on because Arizona has a bunch of really big um, elections in 2024. I mean, your, your election, I'm sure that uh, some of the people would like to see you gone because you stand up for what's right, but you win bigger and bigger each time. But we really have some serious, I think Arizona is probably one of the top three States I am looking at in 2024. You're exactly right. Well, the, the immigration issue is horrendous. We just set records. 12,000 people illegally coming over in one day in a 24-hour period. That is unbelievable. That's a new record of, of un, unfathomable aspects. And, uh, you know, this administration is intentional on how they've done this. This is a destruction of the American uh, way of life. You know, we are all built on immigration, but legal immigration, you know, coming in the right way, 
what gives you the permission to come in? And then we find out that they get $5,000 credit cards and once they get processed. And once again, it is destroying the American public. I think this is the fundamental issue of our time right now. You know, uh, Biden has, has failed on the rule of law. There is no rule of law right now, whether it be in our universities, whether it be in J6, whether it be in our courts. And that's why I said, you know, we've got to get back to that rule of law. So when we're, when we're adapting things this next year and building our processes, yeah, we might not get this, this current occupant of the White House to get them done, but we have to prepare for when somebody like Donald Trump gets in, he can immediately start up right where he left off and cultivate that relationship. So that we're all in this together. Success. When you, when you always come to somebody and say, listen, We'll do the work. You get the success. Somebody's ears always go, I like that. Hearing of that. And so I think the election process is going to be very, very interesting. I think we can make or break it. What I see right now is I was a Tea Party uh, candidate that came through the Tea Party. I was a dentist with no legislative experience. So some of people thought they thought I was going to be a one term wonder. I'm, I'm still here. I'm still cranking stuff. And some of some, some of the stuff that we've actually gotten through, no one believed we'd ever get through. So what we have to do in this next year is is build that camaraderie with the American people. Say, listen, this is the brand. This is why we are. We're here for the small businessman. We're here for the mom and pops. We're here for the education of your children as the way you see fit. We need accountability from our educational system. We need accountability from our business sectors. Um, and, and everybody should be treated equally, fairly, and under the law. Kerry Lake has got an expensive primary in our, in our, in our state. Uh, because he's got a good man. I, I, I love Mark Lamb. He's a sheriff down in Pinal County. Good, good man. And and so some, sometimes you have to sit back and say, maybe one of us should. You know, Dem- De- Democrats are really good at this, is staying away from That's competitive right. primaries. So we got to think, where am I best used? I don't know what that answer is between Mark and Kerry. I, I do think right now the polls show Kerry will end up uh, winning because Mark hasn't got as much the, the financial needs as you need just to run statewide. But I talked to Mark last night. He was on Jesse Waters. What a great, great, great interview that was. If he couldn't be more succinct in getting people to understand what the real problem is on immigration. And uh, but I think Arizona is uh, is going to mirror what we see in Texas. People will look at me and go, what is he talking about, Texas? Texas carries a lot of weight with it. It came into this republic as a republic, and therefore it has a lot more powers than most of us other states. Arizona's got some special aspects to itself as well. And uh, we need to see Texas step up and say, listen, federal government, you may be the bully on the block, but you can't go past bill on this. We have our own constitution. We have a way of taking you to task. And stand up, not take it, not, you know, their governor, I think I've been very hard on because I think he wants to run for president someday. So he's scared. Well, if you're scared, think about the rest of us. There's only two republics that came into our republic as republics, and that's California and Texas. California is going to be of no help. It's got to be Texas. We got to save this, this, this republic. And, uh, so I think it's very interesting. I think Arizona is going to be more red than people think. I, mean, I think so too, because I remember the days with Joe Apayo and, and, and Jim, <laughs> Jim, it wasn't that long ago because I was no. with them at 2015, 2016. We were in Cleveland together. I don't know what happened there except that Californians came over. And if Californians could still think about voting blue, then there's something wrong with them. 
the same, but they do it in New York also. And the same thing about Jews. I mean, I think that Donald Trump, and if I heard it accurately, if the numbers are correct, because so many blacks and Hispanics are switching over, that illegal immigrants here, that are hardworking middle-class families that have had jobs here forever, they, if they come over and the numbers they're saying, he's going to win hands down because that's all he's going to need from the difference. It's not going to matter if there's a no labels line or the uh, other third parties that are running. And actually, it's better for him under those pro- prospects. But when I've been out in the out in the district, when I've been talking to, on Main Street, Main Street is really upset at this at this government right now. That Biden has made uh, the private sector yield to the big business of government, so we're shrinking the private sector, building the government. That's not that's totally opposite of what Trump did. Trump was taking away from the government, giving the private sector and building that private sector, that entrepreneurial aspect, getting more people included in the gist of being your own boss, running your own business, being accountable to the customer. So, uh, you know, I think I think that uh, especially today with the House, we've had some turmoil, no doubt about it. But it's been good turmoil because we want results. I'm tired of saying, well, I wish I would have could have. I mean, I want to come back and say, listen, not only did I say I was going to do this, but we stood for this. We got you behind us, behind us. I think there's a not too, uh, not too far away time where you're going to see a bunch of members of Congress that won't be here on the Hill. Well, you see a bunch of them are retiring. You see from both sides. But but where I want to be is I want to be on the border highlighting where these Mm -hmm. people are coming in. It's wrong what they're doing to America. America's feeling the, feeling the pinch. And maybe what it has to do is maybe you have to disrupt the process of what's going on in Congress to get the American attention and to put the focus on it. You know, if you, if you ask once and you turn away, you got to ask twice. If you still turn away, you got to be persistent. You got to be like the, 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 the persistent woodpecker. He's pecking the wood, finally he gets a hole. Well, it seems to be that those on the extreme left are getting primary from their own people yep. and the party establishment doesn't even want them anymore. And I told you, I still think that there should be legislation or an amendment that we could add that if you want to run for government, I'm not, I'm not saying I would like to think maybe we have to start thinking you have to be born in America because a lot of this thing is coming through because of, of the failures of DACA, if you think mm-hmm. about it. Um, but um, you have well, that, to either that, be born that, in that, America that, or you have to point. pledge allegiance. No, yeah. no, no. Uh, Palestine allegiance it's that doesn't even exist absolutely absolutely I agree with you full-heartedly however you know sometimes our our most wonderful people are people that are first generation you know immigrants they come here for the right reasons all the right reasons and that's why we should also be building on that however I think that what we have to do is we have to be able to call things when they're wrong they're wrong what's happened with these presidents at the higher educational learning systems is wrong and because they've done this, I feel like the federal government should say, we're done with you. You, you want to do student loans? You do them. That's you right. take the consequences. So if you're going to sell somebody on underwater basket weaving and they can't find a job, well, then you figure it out how you're going to get them to pay back that loan. That's not the federal government's job. And, and it's not the federal government's job to tell any government what to do with their, their leadership with the, and, it's not our government to um, really 
get involved in a way that hurts Americans. I can't believe that we haven't gotten at all of our Americans yet from Gaza. It's over two months. Where I can, the first thing I would think, God forbid, if this wouldn't have happened under Trump and it wouldn't happen oh. again. But if God forbid it did, the first thing Trump would do is I want all my Americans out and first because I'm the one who's paying for it and doing all the work for it. I just don't get it. Oh, I agree with you. You look at the foreign skirmishes up in the Ukraine. You know, the realistic, I was listening to a, a, a little, uh, an ambassador, a current sitting ambassador from the from back in Europe. Well, uh, you know, you're not a big, and I'm not a big Ukrainian supporter because there's no outline of what the goals are. I agree with I you 100%. The, yeah, when I heard the goals, they're like, getting Crimea back? I'm like, whoa, 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 that ain't going to ever happen right now. You're not going to get Crimea back. If that's what you're after, we're done with this conversation. But if you're going to spend our money, there better be outcomes, there better be goals, and there be sheer delineation of why, how you're using our resources. But we also have to expect that from our fed, same federal government. Our federal government has been lying to us right and left, whether it be the COVID national emergency where we ran up tabs of $4.8 trillion to somewhere close to $8 trillion, and we have no receipts for it, Cindy. There's no accountability right. of the federal government. It's crazy what we're seeing here. So what it, it behooves us is we as the Republican House have to stand up, even with the small majority. I love the small majority because it gives you some leverage. People like myself get leverage about what we want, what America I wants. Totally, I totally so agree I, with I, that. Uh, but what I see brewing is what's happened in 2010 is a, is a Tea Party re- revolt. I think what happens is we see more Republicans getting in to, to the Senate, getting in, taking back the Senate, taking the House. I hope it's not a big, huge margin, but we're seeing lots of people leaving Congress, whether they're Republicans, but mainly the Democrats are leaving. Right. And so. Including shifty shift. <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely. But there's a guy we, that we, just, can, we can talk on and on. We really have to have you on routinely because our audience really uh, enjoys listening to you, learning from you, and actually uh, working with you because we are. In, I'm in an area where we're taping. Actually, that is uh, the grassroots Trump area, the Republican area in a in a blue state. But because mm-hmm. this is heard nationally, uh, you, we really need to hear your voice. You are a leader. We know where you stand. You don't play games. Uh, you say it as it is and you take the action appropriately. Congressman Paul Gosar of Arizona, please come back to the Jewess Patriot. Thank you again for being a proud American, a proud supporter of Israel, a Christian Zionist, and have a happy and healthy new year. I will, Cindy. Thank you for your great voice. Thanks for getting us involved and stay tuned, America. This is a great show. Stay tuned. We do, we do win it back. Thank you so much. Thank you, Miss Cindy. Always a pleasure. Hi, my name is Allie Arts. I have been in the beauty industry for over 25 years. I became a salon owner five years ago when I purchased Ambiance Salon in Hewlett. I had a vision to create a warm, welcoming environment where you can have your hair done, meet great people, and leave feeling wonderful about yourself. Unfortunately, as we all know, that is not always the feeling you get when you walk into salons. Often we feel judged, not good enough, and it's just not what it should be. My goal was to take away those ugly bits of the beauty industry. We have a saying hanging on the wall in the salon, surround yourself with beauty and kindness. And we strive to create that environment and ambiance every day. 
We are a full-service salon offering hair, skin, and nail customizable treatments. There is truly something for everyone. We pride on ourselves of having a multi-generational clientele. And the reason behind this is because I've always been a working mom. It has been important to me to be able to utilize my time in a way that I can get all of my services done as well as my family. Welcome back. We have with us Congressman Adam Smith from Washington. Adam Smith has been here before. He spoke the last time about his book with back pain, but he actually suffered a kind of pain that bothered me tremendously. And I said I had to have him on and apologize for what happened to him and his family. For those of you who don't know, who haven't heard, Congressman Adam Smith, a Democrat who is on the Progressive Democrat Caucus, in fact, had his uh, house attacked for supporting Israel. And I want him to come here first to, first of all, I want to publicly apologize for anybody who did this and to help him. Thank you for always supporting the Jewish people. We are on different sides on many issues, but we stand together with the idea of a strong America, freedoms for everybody to practice their religion in America, and safety for all. And so this was a horrendous incident, and I want you to tell everybody about it. And I want to want you to know that our followers support you and your family and hope that this never happens again. Well, well, thank you. You know, it's um, basically what happened was a group, you know in the middle of the night, so we did not see them. A group of uh, well, I don't know how many people there were, but they spray painted my house. Uh, with pro-Palestinian um, and anti, well, pro-Palestinian slogans. Um, and this is part of a, a larger trend in activist politics as an effort to intimidate elected officials. It's actually been going on in Seattle for a while in that they will march on people's homes, uh, vandalize to face them as a way to try to intimidate public officials. So look, there's plenty of room for robust debate about public policy, but we need to have representative democracy and civil society. And this is not that. If you are attacking members, elected officials from anybody in their home, you are trying to intimidate them. And look, as I pointed out in my statement, I regularly meet with left-wing activists. I had met just the week before with people advocating for a ceasefire and who were pro-Palestinian. I am not hiding from them. Uh, but that's not the point of this. The point of this isn't to persuade. The point of it is to intimidate. And frankly, we've seen this on the extreme left and we've seen it on the extreme right. And I totally it, agree it, with you. It, it undermines civil society at, at its baseline. Now, look, what happened to me, relatively minor compared to what's happened to to a number of other elected officials. Um, you know, I guess Jerry Connolly had someone come into his district office, you know, and and hit some of his staff members with a baseball bat. Um, you know, obviously we we know what happened to Steve Scalise when somebody, you know, tried to kill him and other Republican members at a baseball game. But what I hope people understand is what fuels this is the extremist rhetoric, is the idea that those people who disagree with you have no right to their opinion, basically. And really, at the end of the day, you dehumanize people who disagree with you. And that is what is happening in too many places in our society right now. I couldn't agree with you more. And it's very funny because as we're going through the holiday season with the Christmas parties and the Hanukkah parties, who's invited to what and who's not invited, I've gone to elected officials' parties who are not part of my uh, 
what I believe in, but I always felt it was an honor to be included and to represent myself, my family, my community, and my Jewish people, regardless of who was the leader at that time, because it was an honor. A select few get honored to these things. I don't understand where we've come to at this point that you, you know, people think that Democratic and Republican congressmen don't talk to each other. That's far from the truth. And they just don't understand that. And if someone said to me, Cindy, AOC wants to come on your show, Congressman, uh, you know, Talib wants to come on your show. I would have them on gladly and show them the utmost respect. They are still elected officials. Not, you know, I might not agree with them. It might be a heated discussion, but it will be done respectfully. What happened to that in America? Yeah, no, it's you can sort of trace it. Um, I think part of it is, you know, the the education system now is is teaching people well how to put this exactly. There's two pieces to it. There's the politics. And then there's also, and this is just my personal theory, you know, the whole idea behind harm reduction, um, which I'm, I'm not a fan of that term at this point, because what it means and what we sort of educated young people is if something is done that you find offensive or that is upsetting or um, troubling to you, then what we need to do is we need to make sure we create an environment where that thing doesn't happen again. Now, in some cases, that makes sense. You know, if you're talking about a physical assault, but we've gotten to the point where if someone states an opinion, opinion that you disagree with, and I've seen this happen amongst young people, they will go to a teacher, they will go to a boss. Um, I won't get into specifics here, but I know someone who was doing an internship in the summer and two of the interns got into an argument over some aspect of policy. And one of them went to the boss and said, you know, that she felt this was threatening, um, that it was making her uncomfortable. We've gotten to the point where the goal is to never be uncomfortable. And if someone says, and look, it's not wrong. I mean, throughout my life, particularly when I was younger and my opinions were not as well informed or well thought out, I've had strong opinions. And then I've come across someone who said, no, I think it's this. And initially I'm like, I'm like, I don't know how to deal with it um, because it's like, this seems threatening. You've got to learn how to deal with it, not say what we're going to do is we're going to eliminate those opinions. Okay, we're going to make sure you never have to encounter them. I agree with you. I really think that's the way we've been educating people right now, beyond politics. So I see a trend in both parties from the grassroots, the voters, not the donors and not everybody on the inside. They feel a lot of people, that they don't want to vote in 2024 for anybody because they just are so disgusted. And I hear this constantly. Tell me if you hear anything like that or what are your thoughts on that? Because I'm always asked this question. Yeah, no, I do. But that's the other part of the problem um, is that we have become very unrealistic about what civil society and representative democracy are supposed to provide. And I think we really underestimate the degree to which getting along together as humans is really difficult. It is. So when we see, oh, they're not getting along, I didn't get this, I didn't get that, the presumption is that this is some kind of abnormality, that it's just this is horribly unacceptable, can't believe this is happening. And I just think we need a more realistic way of looking at what civil society and representative democracy is. It's really hard. I mean, I'm sure you hear people, young people today in particular, talk about how they live in the worst time ever. Okay. I hear this. Oh, I can't believe our bad life story. And look, I know that there are things that are challenging, but okay. How about 
about World War II? How about the Great Depression? I was just going to say that. Right. You know, how about, forget all that. How about just like in the 19th century, when there were so many diseases out there in the world that no matter how well off you were, odds were some number of your children were going to die long before they became adults. All right. And yet we created in our mind this image that this is the worst possible time. And how do we explain it? Well, it's got to be the leadership, the leader. No, civil society is hard. We have 330 million people in this country. All right. And our job is to get them to get along. Do you think those 330 million people agree on everything? They don't. I always ask people, they should do a thought experiment, get together with like 10 of your friends and try to figure out where you're going to lunch. Okay. And then try to figure it out based on the fact that everybody has to agree before you can go. All right. It's hard. And yet we've created this image in our mind. And then sadly, politicians come along and just whip up up that frenzy and say, you're right. These people, they're terrible. They're awful. You elect me and I wave my magic wand and I will fix all the problems and everything you've ever wanted will come to pass. And people go for that. They go for that. And then they get upset because surprise, surprise, nobody has that magic wand. Civil society is hard. We need to work to get along together. And then you've had radical ideology, certainly the radical left-wing ideology that's populating our our colleges and universities is causing problems. We need to get back to the basics of civil society and representative democracy. I love the fact that you come on my show, speak honestly, and uh, speak to, I don't want to say the opposition, but somebody from who is a registered Republican and who wants to work with everybody for the best America we could have. Again, Congressman Adam Smith, where could people reach out to you? Oh, uh, gosh, you know, I never really know those things. I'm not hard to find, but I think it's adamsmith at mail.house.gov is, is, is my uh, email. And just Google Adam Smith and work your way past that other guy who was the father of the Wealth of Nations and everything, and you'll find me. <laughs> A very happy and healthy new year. I hope you come back in 2024. And I hope we have some really good news from all around the world and for every American. Thank you so much for joining the Jewess Patriot. Well, thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity. All right, familia. Welcome back, amigos. We continue our Feliz Navidad extravaganza. And I want to talk a little bit about anti-Semitism. It's obviously all over the news. We see more and more of it as the days go by. And it's, uh, it's disheartening. And I was looking at a piece written by Randy Weingarten, she's president of the American Federation of Teachers, saying it's not too late to preserve American democracy, right? And she goes on and on and on and trashing Trump, um, but she doesn't ever rein in um, the the crazy in her group, right, in the teachers' union. And, you know, when when I think of crazies, I think that there's there's a lot going on there. Um. We have so many situations where we've got people that are, and again, not just public schools, but college campuses all over the place. We're seeing uh, anti-Semitism kind of be embraced, and it's almost like uh, a badge of honor for so many that claim to be on the the progressive left. And I want to get into that and a couple of other topics with our guest. Cindy Gross, she's a Jewish activist, former congressional candidate in New York's 4th District. Uh, She's the host of of, uh, the Jewish Patriot. 
radio show and uh, Cindy's Corner podcast. Cindy Gross, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. We've been talking about this for a while, so this is great. So tell me what you think about this, um, this, this piece by Randy Weingarten, and, uh, and we'll work our way into the rest of the anti-Semitism. So I will tell you that I have the longest-running lawsuit in the New York City Department of Education, and I've had many interactions with Randy Weingarten when she was the leader of the United Federation of Teachers. What's going on today should not be something that we shouldn't have expected because our education system has been filled with failure and hate for the past 20 years. My lawsuit has information in it dating back to 2004. Uh, I uh, filed my lawsuit in 2011, and it's still ongoing. I will tell you, as a Jewish teacher, I saw and reported to the teachers' unions, uh, representatives in my school, in my district, even Randy, to people at the head of the Department of Education, things that I saw, inappropriate lessons, lots of codes of discipline being uh, violated, including teachers, uh, I'm sorry, administration hitting students, uh, misrepresentations of documents submitted for paperwork with um, safety issues. And when I filed my lawsuit, and this is something you can relate to as a Trump uh, person who uh, appreciates President Trump, and he was actually the first presidential candidate to point out in 2016 trying to eliminate or uh, diminish the power of the Federal Department of Education because he saw the waste. And that's probably one of the reasons that Randy became enemy number one during his uh, campaign the first time, the second time, and now. But this hate has been going on for years. The educa- there were so many lessons that were taught that were full of opinion and not fact against whites, against Jews. There was a professional development in 2006 that was paid for and approved by the Department of Education and the Teachers Union in Brooklyn, where about 40 staff members were supposed to be talking about how to deal with gang awareness, and it was a whole discussion how the Jews of Williamsburg controlled all the money and it was a conspiracy theory against minorities. And mm. when they, and this goes on and on. Lessons about um, Jewish holidays that were misrepresented. Uh, staff members that were intimidated to take off on Jewish holidays, and it's still ongoing. Uh, talking about Alfred Dreyfus, the Jew. Uh, I mean, there were. So many different things I could point out. And if someone tried to expose it and be a whistleblower, they were harassed, intimidated, and they were put through what I went through, what I've been going through. And the proof of it is Donald Trump can't get a fair trial, as we see what's going on this week in Colorado, among other court cases he has going on. Within my case, 
we had, which what I is considered an illegal termination hearing six, six months after I filed my lawsuit, where the documents and the evidence submitted, the uh, Department of Education witnesses, all validated my points. Now, Cindy, I want to get your opinion um, on um, this uh, other story that I'm seeing in the New York Post. Uh, Generation Z's views on Israel and Jews are a disturbing betrayal of their own values. I'm not sure if you've seen this article, but uh, I think in culture we've seen a lot of this where there's a lot of people that um, claim to support Israel, but they're not. They're you know, kind of secretly uh, supporting Hamas. And and it seems to be uh, the younger crowd that seems more willing to do that. And it, it's, um, it's, it's very, very, uh, I think, disheartening, to say the least. But uh, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm not surprised, because like I said, the people that have been teaching, a lot of them with, were sharing these uh, views in their classrooms now, for 20 and 30 years. So the people you see marching that are getting paid the $30 an hour from uh, the Craigslist that were a part of Occupy Wall Street and Black Lives Matter, it's the Mm -hmm. same thing. You know, there was a rally about a month ago um, organized by the Teachers Union, and uh, one of the, I think it was Fox, had uh, some interviews with the teachers. They couldn't even pronounce Palestine, had no idea where it is. None of them have ever been to Israel, but yet this is what they teach. And this is is a big part of what I tried to expose 20 years ago, and it went through Common Core, and when people try to fight Common Core, we couldn't do it. And by the time I'm sure it's endless, right? There's one thing. There's the next thing. There's so many different issues, Cindy Gross. And I know you're on the front uh, lines of so many of them. Uh, Take a moment uh, because we've got probably about 20 seconds left and let everybody know how they can follow you on your website or your social media. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Uh, You could find me. My website, CindyGross.com. Uh, and I'm on every major podcast outlet with my show, The Jewess Patriot. You don't have to be Jewish to be a part of the show because we talk about issues like education and politics as well as cultural issues, and we talk about the future of America because what's going on now in Israel, that's just the tip of the iceberg. The people that organized October 7th are the people that want to get rid of democracy and Western civilization. I think you're right, Cindy Gross. I want to thank you for being here tonight. Folks, Cindy Gross, Jewish activist, former congressional candidate out of New York, host of the Jewess Patriot uh, radio program and podcast. Give her a follow at Cindy Gross. That's G-R-O-S-Z dot com. This is Cindy Gross, the Jewess Patriot. I look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks for watching The Jewish Patriot Show with Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross. Be sure to download Cindy's next program, as well as previous ones, available internationally on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and in Israel on Jewish Podcasts. See you next time on The Jewish Patriot Show.